You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. With you all on this Friday, final podcast of the week, still three days a week during all of this, and hopefully getting a little bit closer to the resumption of some sort of NBA basketball. But we're not even going to touch on all of that today. There's no real new updates or anything regarding that. Instead, yesterday should basically be a holiday for all Pelicans fans as it marked the one-year anniversary of the draft lottery, where they landed the number one overall pick, jumping up and being able to select Zion Williamson. We'll talk a little bit about what that day meant and some other things with that, and then go into another what-if scenario. We talked earlier in the week about the what-if Gary Schwest buys the team. Wasn't a very good one because there's likely no team in New Orleans right now. The other big what if, which is making the rounds because it's been mentioned in a book, is what if Chris Paul was traded to the Golden State Warriors instead of the Los Angeles Clippers? That's an interesting one. And this one was very close to happening. And I'll probably shed a little bit of light on that that maybe you guys haven't heard of before, um, even though I thought this was kind of well known. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. So yesterday is basically a holiday if you're a Pelicans fan. It's the anniversary, May 14th, of the date that the Pelicans won the draft lottery and the rights, basically, at that point in time, to Zion Williamson because no one else was going to go number one overall in this draft. It was kind of fun, given everything that's going on, to relive that very fun and happy moment. The Pelicans sent an email out about that. It was fun to watch the video of the ticket reps losing their freaking minds that night. I think everyone kind of lost their freaking mind that night. I went out live on Twitter to watch the lottery with you all and kind of talk over things and yeah you got it very unfiltered of my reaction to all of that Um, and so that was a lot of fun it's a big turning point for the franchise in a lot of ways it's a it's also a redo a clean slate you know less than a year after Anthony Davis making his trade request you know two months later in fact making the trade request and everything that went along with that the Pelicans got to hit that reset button much quicker than most franchises franchises would be able to. And it represented what we figured was going to be a new era at that point in time. Also because you did have a guy like David Griffin in place, gone was Dell Demps, and now with the number one overall pick, the rights to select the best player coming into the draft since Anthony Davis, who was the best player coming into the draft since LeBron James, you felt pretty good that, okay, You know, on the second chance, you get to do it right. My parents have made a joke to me for many, many years. I have a younger brother and they go, well, you screw up with the first child and then you get it right with the second one because you know all the mistakes that you made. And 
Maybe that tells you what they think about me, but uh, I'm joking. They love me. And so I think you kind of look at it with this, though. They've seen how they you know, didn't build a winner around Anthony Davis and all of the negativity and all of the bad things that came with that and are represented now in Zion Williamson, an opportunity to get it right. And with the right person at the helm in David Griffin, it kind of felt that way. You felt like they have a chance to really get this right. And it also worked out with the way he handled the Anthony Davis trade. And so it represented a lot of hope. You know, you saw custom Zion Williamson jerseys basically the day after that happened, you know, in and around New Orleans. There was a level of hype leading up to the draft that we've never seen before, ever. And it was very exciting. And this is how you build a fan base. You know, I've spoken a lot about how you're starting to get second generation fans, in some cases, maybe even third generation fans fans and that's a really big deal and they're starting to come into their own they've grown up with NBA basketball and I've long held that if you want to build a fan base they feel like they need to get in on the ground floor like they were there at the beginning of something kind of goes back to community building in a way and drafting Zion and being able to watch his first game his first season and be a part of all of that Definitely feels like getting in on the ground floor and being at the beginning because it is it li- like it literally is and so I think that is why the hype around this team has been so high also helps that he is a very special player he's a very likable guy too and you just want to root for this dude so Things have kind of turned around so quickly due to a lot of luck. David Griffin would have made good moves and you would have felt fine about the direction this team was heading, I think. But I don't think it would have had the level of almost like hysteria that we've seen with this franchise without Zion Williamson. So it was just kind of the right forces of luck. Maybe it's karma. Maybe it's not, I think. And you kind of can look at this and go, yeah. Things are good. And even if they don't make the playoffs, even if they don't play another game, and who knows if they will or won't, I think, you know, you feel good about all of this. And this season was a success. Playoffs would have been nice, but you shouldn't base it all around that. So it was nice to kind of go and relive a lot of that that time frame, that time period, that day where the Pelicans won the lottery. That was a very fun, fun podcast to do the next day. So overall, pretty cool day yesterday, one year ago. So today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. I really like these things. I really mean it. They gave us a free box of them, and I actually just reordered it. came in the other day. I tweeted out the picture of it. I got the salted caramel flavored, the raspberry chocolate cream, and the coconut almond. These things are tasty, and they're protein bars that basically taste like a candy bar because partially they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They've got an unbelievable roster of flavors with new ones coming out, and some that are even made in a nut-free facility if you've got an allergy. So built Bars are great for the health-conscious person if you want to lose or maintain weight while indulging in something that just tastes good. I eat these for lunch as basically a meal replacement, and they are wonderful. They are perfect for that. They're also low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Some of them have 20 grams of protein, 170 calories. You've got other ones that are 15 grams of protein and 110 calories. That is exactly what I'm looking for. That is exactly what I want in a meal replacement, and they taste so good. You're not chugging down a bottle of water or something like that to get rid of the chalkiness, to get rid of the nasty flavor. Things taste good, they're good for you, and they are exactly what you're looking for if you need to find a new one because you don't like what you have. So if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, that's promo code LOCKEDON over at BuiltBar.com, you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON over at BuiltBar.com for $10 off. 
All right, so it's our what if of the day, and this is a big one. Figured I'd save it for Friday so people can listen to this one over the weekend and everything. And that is, what if Chris Paul doesn't reject that Warriors trade? So a little bit of backstory when Chris Paul wanted out um, after that playoff run they had where they took the Lakers to six games and he was flat out heroic. David West left that offseason. Chris Paul just didn't want to be around for a rebuild or a team that really wasn't going to compete. He wanted to go and win. And it seemed like he did want to be in a bit of a big market. But he, I think first and foremost, we know from Chris Paul, he wants to win. And he certainly wanted to do that. And that's why a team that, you know, like the Lakers that had some very good pieces, Kobe was there, um, you know, and a number of these other guys wanted to go and he wanted to go and play for that team where he thought they could win a title. And the Warriors at the time were interested in trading for Chris Paul. It was early on in the new owners, LaCobe's tenure. And I think he kind of wanted to make a splash with a big name player. And at the time, Chris Paul basically, to some degree, at like the height of his powers in the NBA, maybe, and wanted to... You know, kind of go, it was just wanted by everyone. There we go. That's the word I'm trying to say. And the Warriors weren't good during that time, though. And that's what ultimately kind of upended this trade. Chris Paul had a player option that teams were scared to trade for him because they thought it might be just a one year rental. They wanted to make sure that he would be around for a while. And if he wasn't going to pick up that player option. Well, then it became a little bit harder to kind of go and do that. So when he was traded to the Clippers, part of it was just understood that he would pick up the player option to help make that trade a thing. And he did. And so you saw uh, him want to go, you know, out and go to a winner. So the Warriors, you know, he said he wasn't going to pick up his player option. He, They weren't a good team. They hadn't been good. They hadn't had the track record or weren't in NBA, you know, title contention right at that time. And if they traded for Chris Paul, they never would have because the deal was going to involve Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, I believe the second round pick that became Draymond Green and possibly some other picks as well. They were giving up a lot. In hindsight, it's you're kind of like, are you are you freaking crazy? But at the time, Steph Curry had not really played a full season and was often injured. Klay Thompson was still a little bit unknown. Draymond, we didn't know it was going to be Draymond. And so all of this stuff, you know, at the time doesn't look like a horrible deal. They had tried to trade Steph Curry before, too. You know, he had been kind of disappointing for him because of all of the injuries. And then he exploded when healthy, and that kind of changed the narrative around him being the MVP, the you know making NBA Finals and winning and all of that. But that wasn't the case at the time. So in hindsight, you kind of look at that and you're like, oh my God, what? But in the moment, it was just like, cool, these two dudes maybe have some potential and it could work out. Kind of similar to the trade with the Clippers where you got Eric Gordon being like, show some. He hasn't been healthy. If he's healthy, it'll be good. You felt the same thing about Steph Curry at the time. But Chris Paul didn't want to go there because they weren't a good team and had no intention of re-signing with the Golden State Warriors. So it ended up killing that deal. It's interesting to look back on this and kind of think what could have happened. But look at it from the Warriors' perspective first. You know, I think they still could have been a good team and built around Chris Paul, but would not have been kind of the team that we've known them in the five-year dynasty that they had, which has been pretty excellent, winning multiple NBA titles, making the finals every year during that stretch too, and you know being basically the best team out there and the one that people want to emulate. 
they wouldn't have been that. They could have been good in making the playoffs, but I don't know if they would have been true title contenders around everything. From the then Hornets, New Orleans Pelicans side of things is when it gets a little bit interesting. So that's where I want to focus on in the next segment coming up. So we'll do that here in just a moment. But before I do that, don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Here Monday, Wednesday, Friday for you all talking about all the things you want to hear, uh, including these weird one ifs, which are fun rabbit holes to go down. So subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. So talking what ifs here in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans, we're talking about the Chris Paul trade to the Warriors that didn't happen. But what if it did? And you might think we'd have multiple NBA titles here in New Orleans, that the Hornets, Pelicans, whatever you have, would have been led by Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, potentially Draymond Green. And you're not wrong in thinking that, kind of looking at what happened with the Golden State Warriors, that once Steph Curry got healthy, he became amazing. MVP, one of the best players in the league, if not the best for a short period of time. But that's where this is, that's where you'd be wrong too. It's when he got healthy. And frankly, do you think that would have happened here in New Orleans with the medical staff, the training staff, and the the issues we all know about that, the sharing of issue, uh, of doctors and people between the Saints and Pelicans and bringing football guys in to manage basketball guys? You know, knowing the injury history, whether it is bad luck, a voodoo curse, or, you know, something else going on, that he ever would have gotten healthy on this team? I, 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 yeah, potentially, but I have a hard time believing that, that he would have turned into the same caliber of player. That one injury maybe wouldn't have been handled as well as some of the cutting edge tech and doctors and money that they would have sunk in, that they did sink into it with the Golden State Warriors. You know, during their run up until the final year, they were pretty healthy. You had Steph Curry get dings here and there, but no like crippling injuries to that team, to any of the key guys till the final final season, you know, with Durant, with Klay Thompson, with Curry and all of that. You might have Curry miss a playoff game or two, but that team was so good it was fine to hold him out of those things. You think he recovers like that or, or kind of stays as unscathed, any of those guys do here in New Orleans? No, we remember the Justin Verrier article when he was at ESPN. It didn't shed good, I don't think it was terrible on the team, but it didn't shed good light. We knew about all of the issues with the Saints firing Misty Surrey, who's still with the team here. And, you know, those football guys being like, yeah, I got to get in there with my hands and figure out what's going on and not using tech and not having the investment on that side of things. That they really should have that modern NBA teams do or, or Freedom's coming in and being like, can I use this thing? And they're like, oh, we don't have one. You know, all of that was a case here. And it took Anthony Davis wanting to force his way out for them to realize, oh, we need to kind of do something about this for the most part. They got a little bit better with the medical side of things over the final year or two with Anthony Davis. But I don't think Steph Curry would have been the same player that he ended up being with the Golden State Warriors at all. And so that's when you kind of look at this. Maybe this is kind of one of those what-if trades that is better that it didn't happen, even if at the, at the moment you're like, hell yeah, give me Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green. Because they weren't going to work out that way. Now, you could say it might have been, it was better than, in hindsight, it's better than the return that they got from the Clippers, which is where Chris Paul went. 
And all of a sudden, then that Clippers team doesn't become Lob City and, you know, fringe title contenders like they were. And frankly, with the Golden State Warriors being, you know, not the title contending team if they had traded for Chris Paul, how many titles do the Houston Rockets have? Arguably two. Maybe Kevin Durant has one with Oklahoma City as well. They took them far in the playoffs, don't forget. And then he maybe doesn't leave there. And it's still Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant because they won a title together. So maybe Houston doesn't have any. So, you know, and then I guess Houston wouldn't even have Chris Paul too. So there's that. So like all of these kind of what ifs and what's going on scenarios are kind of wild to think about from this thing that if that trade happens, the league is entirely different. You know, not in the short term. The Heat and Spurs kind of still do their thing with the with their titles and all of that. But when that run ends and LeBron goes to Cleveland, does it open up more for him? And does he all of a sudden have four titles with Cleveland or three? You know, putting him on a level now with Michael Jordan, which we're all kind of debating because of the last dance that's going on. So there are so many crazy what if scenarios that kind of come out of that and could have happened in how the league would look dramatically different if just that one trade happens. And it's it's kind of fun to think about. And there's probably other like branches of this that I'm not thinking about. And if you guys point them out to me on Twitter or something like that, we can discuss them on here because there's a lot. It's kind of one of those crazy things that if that happened, who knows what we're looking at uh, right now. We're still probably looking at no basketball, however, given everything that's going on, which is sad. But that is just one of those weird things that everything would have been entirely, entirely different if that trade had gone down. Whether you think it should have or not is up for debate. They wouldn't have gotten Anthony Davis, which given how that ended, maybe you don't want to have gone through all of that, though. Some of the you know the years with AD were a lot of fun, and he's a very good player, and I still enjoy watching him play, even if his personality is just like, eh. So, I don't know. Let me know on Twitter, at Nola Jake, what you think about that. It's also a good place to end this edition of Locked On Pelicans. So thank you all for listening. Don't forget about the Locked On NBA podcast. Still there Monday through Friday for you all talking about all things. And had a lot of fun on there this week with Nick Angstad of Locked On Maps. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Don't forget, go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. And I'll be back with you all next week. 